Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we are in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 reads, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend... Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, while others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it's by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor, in which he trusted, and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment of this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright, as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him, so he went in and reclined at table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You fools, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? 
But give as alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seats in the synagogue and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without knowing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, in saying these things, you insult us also. And he said, Woe to you, lawyers also, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you're witnesses, and you consent to the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and they built their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering." As he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. For today's negative truth, we're going to focus in on verses 33 through 36 here in chapter 11. The focal part of this will continue in the next account with the religious leaders as well. So here we have somebody lighting a lamp and putting it into a cellar or under a basket, which would not make sense as you would be wasting precious commodities to do so. And instead, you would light something and put it on a stand to make that visibility so much greater. Some of that is a little bit hard for us to understand in a context where we just flip light switches on when we walk into rooms or a lot of you guys honestly have a flashlight on your phone that you have with you at all times. But when we think about this image, they say, hey, you use these things to display to yourself the visibility of the room. You use a light for a purpose to cast out darkness, to make it so that you can see what's going on. Then it switches the image to show us that this image is talking about the eye being the lamp of your body. And so if the eye is the lamp of your body, the eye is then the source of the light for your body. So when your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. So it's talking here about the things that we are looking at, the things that we allow to enter our life. And so this image is more than just like actual visible physical things, but more in terms of the eye being what you're seeking, what you're looking into, what you're understanding being the gateway into an individual's whole body. So while we are talking about physical things in terms of we could talk about lusts of the eyes, other things like that that we're desiring, it's also saying where you are looking, where you're going, where your body is physically focused is going to also have have an impact upon who you are as an individual. Because if there is light in you, then there will be light that is coming into you through your eyes. But if the darkness is what you're seeking, it will fill your body with that. So if then you, whose body is full of light, having no part in darkness, it will be wholly bright as when the lamp with its rays gives you light. So it's saying here we need to understand the full focus of what we are focusing our life on. So some of that today for us means that we need to turn away from evil things, whether those be things that we are watching, things that we're looking at, things that we're pursuing on our phones or media, social media, things that we're pursuing in real life with individuals. 
we need to cast ourselves away from that. But greater than that is saying the focus of our life, if we're looking to light, that means we are looking to God. If we are looking to darkness, we're looking to the things of the world. We're allowing those arguments, those establishments, and those situations to be the things that are drawing us into darkness as we continue to pursue them by where our eyes, our mind, our life is focused. And we're contrasting that with the individual who is pursuing God, pursuing his word, pursuing the revelation of the light of the world, which we have in God's word, which we have in Jesus Christ. And so those images there are something that should be something that we can challenge ourselves to think on today. What is the focus of my life? Do I focus on pursuing light or am I surrounded by and pursuing darkness? Because inevitably, what you're focused on, what you're seeing, what you're engaging your life in, that is going to have a great impact upon you. And in fact, be a part of transforming you to light or allowing you to continue and grow dim into darkness. When we turn our attention now to the questions that we might have in this passage, one of the questions I'd like to center on here is talking about from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah down in verse 51. So when we see that, we probably think, oh, hey, that's probably saying all the people from A to Z. But we also remember, hey, this was written in Greek. That means that A and Z are probably not the letters that are most associated with that or the front and the end of the alphabet being alpha and omega. Um, as we think through that, what we need to understand is that Abel was the first martyr of the Old Testament. Zechariah was the last recorded martyr of the Old Testament. And so when it says A to Z, it's not saying they're Abel to Zechariah in terms of A to Z. But when we see that A to Z, what we actually see is the first recorded martyr in the Old Testament, as well as the last recorded martyr in the Old Testament. So just something else to think about. Remember, hey, this was written in another language. It was not written in our language, but we sometimes can get a question about that here in this passage. Lots of other things that you could have questions on. Hopefully you are curious enough to find those solutions, find those answers, talk about others with this so that we can collectively as a community of believers be growing in our understanding of who God is. Know today you are loved. You're-